Jonathan chose this moment to be professional. And it's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Audio Drama Insiders, the podcast giving you the lowdown on the most prolific and talented creators in the industry. And now, here are your hosts, Craig Hart and Trisha Rose. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Audio Drama Insiders. I know it's been a while. Save your hate mail. I don't read my email anyway. So, I mean, if you want to write it for just cathartic therapeutic purposes, that, that's fine. But anyway, hi, my name is Craig. I am here with my trusty co-host, Trisha. How are you today? In this particular moment, I'm doing really well. It's always a great day to talk about audio drama. It is. And I, I, you, you say that each episode, like in this moment, and I, I love when you do that because it's there's something very grounding about it. So thank you for that, for that outlook. Um, to atone for our long absence, um, I decided I would ask Trisha to sing the aria from one of our most famous opera. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, did, didn't I not give you a heads up? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um, and in fact, we, instead of doing that, we thought about that, but instead of that, I thought we would bring you know, on two of the, uh, what I consider to be two of the most certainly productive, but proficient members of the audio drama community, none other than Alicia Hansen and Jonathan Cook of Eternal Future Productions. So thank you so much, both of you, for being on the show. Well, thank, thank you, you so for much. having us. This is exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is something I have wondered about. So can you share a bit about, I guess, the story behind the formation of Eternal Future Productions? Like, how did you two meet, decide to work together, all that good stuff? It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. Well, yeah. we said story, so I had to present it in such a fashion. <laughs> Well, um, I had started um, with writing just fan projects to begin with, and I realized I wanted to hear those come to life and just simply for listeners' enjoyment. And so I met Jonathan through that because he was a voice actor and um, he still is. <laughs> Ever since retired, it's like, at least it's like I forced him into retirement. <laughs> I thought that was an important detail to mention that he still is presently a voice actor, but back back then that's uh, solely like what he was focusing on. And so I had asked him to be one of, a part of one of my projects, and he just you know happily agreed and was so dedicated from the very beginning with his time and talent, and I was very very appreciative of that of that. So that's kind of where we we began. He was working on my projects as a voice actor. And then down the road, I would say, I think it was a few, maybe a couple, a few years. We wanted to work on something that had purpose to it. We both love the Lord and we wanted to do projects that would glorify him and that would have a purpose in what we were doing. And so we had come up with this idea about doing this company, Eternal Future, because it was hard to find projects that had a lot of purpose to it we figured we could just create the projects and just make it happen. And so together uh, we formed the company. It started with Pirateers and now it's kind of grown to several projects and we have more in mind. Speaking of Pirateers, can you share some of the inspiration behind that? Where did you get the idea? How did it evolve from the concept to the show as it is today, multiple seasons? That's actually a kind of a comical uh, beginning because I, it started like during the pandemic. 
And if you guys recall, everybody was hoarding toilet paper <laughs> during <laughs> that time. Right. And one Not of the scenes... everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Craig was selling it out of the back of a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I got, got some toilet paper in the back of my truck. You want to go look? Send us out of a Walmart. Right. Yeah. You're like, two ply. I got two ply. <laughs> so, I, if you guys um, also you know, recall, we had a scene in um, season one of Pirateers where they're going through, where the captain is going through a treasure chest and he pulls out toilet paper. Um, but ultimately, we knew what direction we wanted to go. And we wanted these two pirates to go on this treasure hunt. And to ultimately find something that was greater than they can imagine and to have this mm. encounter with God and mm -hmm. to repent of their sins. And then just inherently that would, um, you know, cause dissension among the crew uh, because there are people, there were pirates that, you know, they're not ready to repent. And so it, there's natural drama that comes with that. But we just, we always look back and kind of laugh about the fact that we, we were discussing that scene as like the first yeah, I was I joking about toilet paper being treasure for some people. And right. So <laughs> it all started with that. Yeah. As you're putting a show together, say when you're doing Pirateers, how do you go through the writing process and how do you divvy up the duties aside who does what? Uh, me? Okay. Um, <laughs> well, the writing process is just, uh, you know, especially for me, I hadn't ever really done writing before this uh so it was kind of it's very much a learning process was the process but yeah we would just we would get on a call and we would just kind of start uh tossing ideas back and forth and, and we would each you know contribute what about this line what happens this and and what about this oh that would be a great idea and so it's just literally kind of going back and forth uh until something there was a script and we were kind of like okay let's do that uh, which is why you know the first few episodes were um only what, four or five minutes long because uh, we were right and we had a good idea it was like that seems like a good place to end the episode so let's mm. make it um and so that was kind of uh our writing process really was just uh tossing ideas back and forth and kind of seeing what made us laugh and what stuck and what we liked and and what kind of felt like good conversation and natural conversation and those kind of things and speaking of ideas and concepts you guys have you know a couple different series or one series of the pirateers you have a new one coming up with venture and then a couple of some standalone stuff you're working on how do you know when an idea is a good idea how do you know what's worth spending your time on uh i think i think for for both of us it's just it's something that kind of feels right you know it's something that mm. um like with pirateers we were both kind of into just the whole pirate lore and and you know pirates of the caribbean and all that stuff we both liked pirates and so we're like it'd be fun to tell a pirate story and, and we started it off with uh, something kind of fun and lighthearted. And then, you know, Alicia stepped in and was saying that, you know, I want it to be, uh, you know, very um, touching and, and be and have a, a salvation moment and, and be, you know, have more dramatic elements and just not be a, a silly, goofy comedy, which is what I always wanted to be. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> I'm all about like, hey, 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 hey. Um, and, uh, and so that's, I think it ended up being a good balance and things, but yeah, it's just something that kind of feels right. And same thing with, with venture, you know, she is really into star Trek and, and is a big star Trek fan. I'm really into parodies and, and like I said, funny, silly things. And so we said, well, let's kind of do a star Trek parody and, and, uh, but we can still give it some weight to it, some truth to it and things. So mm -hmm. in each of those episodes, there's 
sort of a you know a moral of the story or a life lesson kind of thing and uh the the, the captain who's not always uh the sharpest tool in the shed learns something in each episode <laughs> you know and uh and that kind of thing um so we, we just find stuff that we're interested in and, and kind of go from there you know i also think that when a scene has a purpose to it and it's not just fluff and it's not just arbitrary or gratuitous um when there's purpose behind it and it maybe either connects to a future scene or just has a purpose in something like even sharing the gospel um, or even the scene where the captain recognizes the Bible. He said he has, he had a vision of it during his near death experience. And even that had a purpose to it in that it showed that God was calling to him even before he got to the treasure. Um, Sometimes lighthearted works, uh, sometimes drama works. But what sticks with me, as long as there's a purpose to it, and a lot of times those scenes are character driven, like characters, and I've heard you mention this too before, Craig, is that developing characters and character driven scenes are so essential in writing just because we have to care about what happens to those characters. Otherwise, everything else, it doesn't, it almost becomes pointless. So I think a lot of uh, scenes that are character driven are very meaningful. And as long as you develop those characters enough, the rest will stick and have an impact. Now, certainly your two main shows, the one that you are currently have some seasons out, that's Pirateers, but then also this the show that you're working on now called Venture. There's some clear differences between the two, like you know, setting and character, but what else sets these two shows apart? Um, Pirateers is a lot more straightforward and we shared the gospel. It's very clear. It's, it's out there. Whereas Venture is more of, it, it's not a faith-based production. It's an outreach um, our goal with Venture is to draw listeners into Pirateers so they can listen to the gospel. But uh, it, and it is family friendly. So Venture will be family friendly, not faith based, but it will have some, you know, some lessons uh, that the characters learn along the way. And our ultimate goal with Venture is just to reach like a huge fan base of Star Trek, of sci-fi, and hopefully bring them in to the productions where we do share the gospel because we do that in Merry Holiday as well. So it's different in terms of that. Yeah. So what's this thing I hear about a partnership with LRT, Legacy Radio Theater? Tell us about that. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure we have uh, time for this. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, you want to take this one? <laughs> I already did. <laughs> well, we were just first and foremost honored when you asked um, if we would be in- interested in, in doing Robin Hood with you. And I remember thinking, first of all, yes, <laughs> we would love to do that. And then second of all was, Robin Hood is such a great topic. And I thought if we were going to do this, we got to have a twist to it. It's got to be different. And we were all on board with that. We all wanted to tell a new story, a fresh new story that uh, allowed a lot more character depth and things that had not been explained before in previous Robin Hood characters. So um, when when we did all come up with the concept that we enjoyed, um, I thought, okay, this is going to be quite like an adventure. And it, it really has felt like that since yeah. um, we've been working with you. You've been just amazing to work with uh, Craig and you keep it fun. You know, we're, I, I can't think of one session where we're not like laughing. Well, there was the one, but <laughs> we don't talk about I'm that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely been a blast. Um, 
every every meeting was something to look forward to. Every meeting was fun. Every meeting was creative. And uh, yeah, just uh, you know, I just want to add to that, like the you know, I had voice acted a couple on a couple of your other projects, uh, doing Chaplin Squeak and, and Titanic and stuff. So yeah, when you when you came to us and and uh, approached us with the idea of doing a Robin Hood thing, it was like, of course, that would be so much fun. And and like Alicia said, Robin Hood is such a fun story to begin with. Mm-hmm. It would just be, I just know it would be a really really great time and and really great chance to be creative with something well that was way more embarrassing than i expected so let's move Good. on to something else <laughs> <laughs> so alicia how did you educate yourself on directing audio drama because i believe i've heard you say that you previously didn't have any experience so how did you learn that hmm. so that's that's a such a great question um you know, I haven't taken any official classes um, for that. Um, I have just like an associate's degree in arts. And so I didn't like take any school for it. But um, ever since I was a kid, I have always enjoyed directing. And I say that because even in daycare, I would uh, direct talent shows and say, okay, guys, I see this. It was just one of those things that I, so I've always um, had a vision of whether it was, you know, for stories, directing, and just the natural love and passion for it. So uh, to answer your question, it's, I guess, self-taught um, based on these visions I have in my mind that, that I want to see, you know, happen and I guess instinct in, in a way. And so it's really nothing official, no classes, nothing like that, just self-taught. Yeah. I have a few questions for Jonathan. I was wondering what other voiceover genres do you work in and how did you break into audio drama like that industry? So I've done I've done just about everything. I've done animation projects. Uh, I've done video games. I've I, I've done radio commercials, um, and uh, so kind of anything and everything. It, you know, when when you're starting out trying to be a voice actor, you look for any job you can get, um, <laughs> and uh, and that's very much what I was doing. That's kind of what uh, you know Alicia was talking about how the company got started. I was doing a bunch of voice acting for a bunch of different projects and just wanted to do something that had more purpose and was more fulfilling and was uh, hard to find those projects. So that's why we said, let's create them. Um, So that's pretty much how I got into audio drama as well. Um, The fan projects that Alicia was putting together, uh, she was doing, uh, not, it wasn't an audio drama. It was more like an audio novel, an audio book, but every character had an actor. There were sound effects, there were music. So it was, it was an audio drama with a narrator. Um, and that was pretty much my first foray into that uh, was was through uh, Alicia's projects. And then you know, we jumped in and started making them. And, uh, and that's when I discovered this this whole world that was still very much uh, active. And, and, you know, you, you hear radio drama or audio drama, you always think of the old timey radio shows and those are kind of long gone. But, you know, they never really went away. They're still going. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that whole world, how do you think audio dramas stand out from, say, other forms of storytelling? And what are the unique opportunities that this medium offers? I think it's a wonderful medium now that I've gotten uh, more into it and, and discovered more about it. Uh, you know, Alicia refers to it many times as a movie for your mind. And I think that's exactly what it is. You know, we're writing these stories and, and making these characters but it still allows the the listener to create those characters in their minds, you know, you have what they 
uh, look like. You know, you can describe them a little bit. It's kind of like a book. You can describe the character, what they look like, but it's going to be different in each person's mind. And and even the things that happen in that, even though we're giving them clues through sound effects and things, I think each person is going to visualize that differently. And, and that's such a um, an interesting aspect of it. You know, we, we have movies where everything is told to us. Everybody sees it the same way, you know? And, and so I think audio drama allows a, a really interesting opportunity to tell a story it's the same story, but I think everybody sees it or hears it just a little differently and they picture it a little differently. And, and I think that's a really, really fascinating, very cool part about it. You know, if that made any sense. <laughs> it to me, her, but I'm also crazy. So. <laughs> okay, so we're on the same level. Then. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that, Alicia? I love everything that Jonathan just said. I, I agree with it completely. And I love what he said about movies. Basically, you know, you see everything. So there's not, you can't really imagine, you know, there's creativity in itself there but uh with books and audio drama it's the same way you you it's a lot more subjective and i also think that audio drama is such a convenient way to to get through to people because you're not having to stare at a screen you can you know you can go and you could drive you could be cleaning the house loads of fun and be listening to an audio drama and so you, you know you're getting that message and it's sparking creativity it's so i think audio dramas are not only convenient but impactful and really sensible because people like producers such as ourselves, you know, we could have this idea for like a movie, but we know we can't produce it because it's so expensive. But an audio drama is feasible. You can do that and it, you can still kind of get the same effect. Yeah, for sure. Moving more to the production side, could you walk us through your typical workflow from conceptualizing an episode to actually releasing said episode? Workflow. I don't know if we have an established workflow, actually. <laughs> um, you make it sound like we're... Well, I should really... say why I'm asking this question. Like, There has been some other questions by other members of the audio drama community asking, like, how do you guys get so much stuff done oh, and okay. out? So I guess maybe that's an easier, simpler way of asking the question. Right. Um, how are you as productive as you are? Uh, that, that's just, I think, teamwork. Um, I mean, we, we, like I said, we get on the calls and we, we write the scripts together, tossing ideas back and forth. And once that's done, we kind of say, okay, now we have to figure out who's going to be in it. And again, that's why we started with, with Pirateers. We just kept it really simple. Like I played both characters. So we had, uh, didn't have to go looking for other actors. And then as season two went out, we found other actors and we recorded those. And then once we had those recorded, uh, Alicia had more experience with, the editing and the sound design and all that stuff. So she was putting things together and she would even find music samples and put those together. And then I was kind of learning that as we went so I could try and catch up and help more. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at now is uh, we we have episodes and we kind of say, okay, I can sound design this one. You can sound design that one. Uh, and while you're doing this one, I'll be working on this. And so we, we just, it's kind of a back and forth and, and everybody working on a different aspect of it at the same time to kind of keep it going, you know? Yeah, and he, what um, when he mentioned like the music, uh, the licensed music that I would put together, he's referring to Mary Holiday, and so we would write, we wrote that together, and then I did the sound design on that one, and then I also found some really, really like, incredible licensed music that fit the story perfectly, um, and I was able to edit and had to do a lot of editing to get that to sound somewhat seamless, hopefully. But um, <laughs> once we did get to <laughs> Pirateers, though, we actually did have quite a bit of help with Drew. So Drew. Um, while I did do the sound design for episode one and also episode two, he jumped on sound design for episode three through seven. 
So everything from three to seven is all Drew sound mm-hmm. design. We're and, talking about Drew Forbes, right? Yes, yeah. uh, Drew A. Forbes, um, who is our composer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really blew us away just with the sound design he he did for those episodes. Um, and then he also did the music for episodes one and two. Um, I had originally produced episode one with licensed music and he heard it and he's like, he was just so eager to get on. Mm-hmm. Um, he had produced what is the theme song for Pirateers and this was unsolicited. He just sent it mm-hmm. to us and he's like, Hey, what do you guys think? He goes, <laughs> you know, he, he was just excited to get on and we loved it. We're like, yes, please. And it was, that is such an amazing testimony because yeah. he just felt like God was leading him to help us. Yeah. And he's just been such an incredible human being in general, but, uh, just such an incredible help to us. And so between the three of us now with Pirateers, you know, Jonathan and I are writing it. We're doing a lot of sound design. Jonathan's doing a lot of sound design this season, probably most of it, I think, for this one. He's and like, then... actually, all. <laughs> right? So we don't have an established workflow. So I have no idea. I don't know <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all, we've done, we've each done some, but yeah. he's done most of it for sure. Um, and then Drew is focused on the music and he also mixes it to make it sound good after we do the sound design. So he, you know, he'll do the leveling and everything like that. So now, and with Venture, we'll both be uh, working on sound design mm-hmm. with that. And I think Mark McCoy, he, he's interested in helping us um, do some sound design as well. So. Awesome. Yeah, I like Mark. Okay. Well, I hope I, so. You worked with him, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's such a nice guy. Yes. Very, very talented. Do you record your projects like Venture, Pirateers, etc., with all the other actors together or... Does each actor pretty much record separately? For Venture, we're recording um, everybody, we're giving everybody the flexibility to record on their own. Uh, But we have done uh, a few projects where we've actually done uh, them live as well. Mm -hmm. So, and there's really no method to that because, um, you know, we don't say, okay, we're going to record a specific project this way. We just, we come to that project, we're ready to work on it. We're like, we kind of fill it out. We're like, yeah, I think we, we should do this live. Um, so we don't have any rule or reason for it. We just, I guess it depends really on the content of the story. Like if it's like a, re- a really emotional story, that's one I like to do live um, to get that true authentic performance. Um, and while there's emotional scenes, we have people record by themselves. It's usually not on um, like a grand scale. It's usually maybe a few lines like that. And a lot of times, you know, we'll hear the audition. We're just already, wow, they've got it. And even if they have it in the audition, sometimes we have them do it live anyways, just because you get that more authentic performance. Yeah. Yeah. And and one thing we haven't done, but would be really fun to do is like an ensemble recording, you know, getting the whole cast together um, to do that. We've always recorded everybody individually and just kind of pieced all the role, all the parts together from that. And it's, you know, it's hard to do our, you know, the audio drama production as it is because everybody's located in a different place. So it's hard to get everybody together to record all at once, but that would be something really fun to do. But yeah, for most of our productions, we record every actor individually and then uh, piece it all together. So So I guess one more final question. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced in this whole audio drama production process? And then how have you worked to overcome those problems? Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges for me was just kind of jumping in and having to learn everything. Like I said, uh, you know, Alicia was had experience with sound design and directing and, and writing. And for me, it was, I was just a voice actor. All of it was new to me. So uh, for me, it was, it's definitely been a learning thing. Um, been wonderful. I, I love doing sound design and then, then, 
putting those things together. And so it's been really uh, exciting to do all that. But yeah, it's been, definitely been a challenge in some aspects too, because I have to look for how to do this and how do I get it to sound like this and how do I get it to do this? And before I had no idea what equalizing was and compression and, and, and noise gates and all these things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's definitely been uh, learning, definitely a lot of learning. And then of course, just trying to get things done in a, in a reasonable amount of time, you know, because we each have families, we each have lives and we each have other things going on. And so it's like, we want to get this released by then, but oh, I also have martial arts practice and band practice and cross country <laughs> practice and to, you know, take this here. And my father-in-law's in the hospital, that kind of thing is, you know, all these things come up. And so it's just, uh, life is a challenge. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. I find um, advertisement and self-promotion challenging. I, I see myself as a producer, as a director, as a writer. These are things I, I so enjoy doing and just all of that. Um, but self-promotion just feels like it's like, here, look at me, look what we're doing. And it just doesn't, if I don't like to draw attention to myself. So, but I feel like somebody's got to promote us. And so... <laughs> And I know that we're living in a culture now that it's acceptable, but it still doesn't feel right to say, hey, um, that's, I don't know. I find that more, I've, I've, I've talked to Jonathan about it before. Um, and I wish we could afford like a social media person uh, to help us with that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I find that a little bit more, <laughs> I don't know if I explained that very well. We might have to <laughs> no, like, I, think, I think just about every creative listening <laughs> is probably nodding along with you right now. Um, okay. Most of yeah. them, because I think that's, you know, that's why they do what they do. They want to create stuff. They're not necessarily business minded or promotion minded. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like the, that's a different part of the brain. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but then again, it's tough when you want people to listen to it and you want to gain an audience. They're, you know, typically not just showing up out of nowhere. They're obtained, found, wooed, mm. if you will. <laughs> you yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I, you know, in, in your case, when you have such an important message to share, I can see that being doubly frustrating because you want mm. to get it out there, but there's mm. this, you know, it feels like a barrier in the way of reaching the people that you would like to reach. So, yeah. yeah. And it feels, it's, it feels like such a weird thing to advertise too. Like, right. <laughs> come listen to this. It'll change your life. <laughs> <laughs> Instant turn off, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much to both of you uh, for joining on ADI after its lengthy uh, absence. And I was going to say hiatus, but that suggests that the length between episodes is over and I can't promise that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but thank you. I hope everybody has enjoyed listening to this. I'm sure they will. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. It, Alicia, Jonathan, I'm so excited about the new projects that you have in the works, new things coming out. I really like the adventures that are coming from your brains <laughs> and <laughs> keep, keep up the good work. Bye, Trisha. Thank you both for having us. This was awesome. 